Welcome in to the Fantasy Football Fathers Podcast, where only one of us is an actual father and none of us are priests. My name is James Dreer. I'm joined here by Tyler Big Herbie Herbach. What up, what up? Trey Stinky Fingers Jose. What up, what up? Thanks for listening in. And making a guest appearance on the show today, Juicy Stain, Juice, Justin oh, Drew. Hi there. Hey. Today, uh, we're going over all of the late window games as well as our starts of the week. So it should be a big episode if uh, you're looking for the early window games that start at about 1 Eastern. Those are on a previous episode, so go check this out or that out wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, we are on Twitter at the FF Fathers, so hit us up there. Give us a nice follow. Um, happy to answer all your start and sit questions there. Uh, but for this episode, as I said, all the late window games starts and sits. And our starts of the week. Yes, sir. All righty. Um, big trade news in the fantasy realm. Everyone was scrambling today <laughs> to go to the waiver wire and pick up Kadarius Tony. Mr. Tony. <laughs> uh, and. What do you guys think? I'm curious what uh, old Big Herbie and Stinky Fingers think about the trade with Kadarius Tony to the Kansas City Chiefs. Obviously, they're trying to gear up for a Super Bowl win. Big upside player. Probably picked up in your leagues by now, but uh, wh- what are the fantasy implications with Kadarius Tony now being a Kansas City Chief? I mean... I don't know, man. Like, Carrius Tony, like, he's had, what, one, like, big game in his career so far? I mean, he's been hurt for most of his career in the short time he's been there, but he's had basically one good game and been pretty quiet ever since. So, I mean, obviously, the the talent is there. Um, it's enticing to go and play with a quarterback like Patrick Mahomes and a play caller like Andy Reid. But, I mean, it's still, for me, someone who I'm going to wait and see on. Obviously, like you said, he's probably off the waiver wire already, but... I don't think I'm gonna, you know, wanting to throw him into my lineup anytime soon. Yeah, I'm totally with you. And if anything, this really drives home the whole fact that you can't really mess with any Kansas City wide receiver. Yeah, he joins Juju Smith and Marquez Vada Scantling, and none of those guys have really been startable at this point in the season, anyways. Now they add another talented receiver who hasn't really done much. It just muddies up the whole situation. It really, what I think when I saw that happen is uh, RIP to Sky Moore. It just drives a stake into everything that me and Tyler thought was going to happen with Sky Moore. I, I, I have nothing, yeah. uh, no expectations of this wide receiver core moving forward. God, man, Sky Moore got to be the worst take we had the entire offseason. And I yeah, hate to say the worst. it, it's got to be. <laughs> we won't dwell on it, though. Fuck it. Yeah, pretty uh, pretty bad take by you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, you were on that bandwagon, uh, too. You know you were. I like the skill set, but obviously they feel like they have to add people to the mix there in Kansas City. And uh, 
I agree with you guys. You know, it's it's going to be hard to start anyone unless you're getting lucky with probably Juju Smith-Schuster's going to touchdown. But maybe Tony can make a, a splash in that offense, see if he can get healthy, but we'll see. Worth an ad if he's still available uh, in your leagues. That's about as likely as Tyrell Williams coming back because uh, he <laughs> fell off the face of the earth. R.I.P. All right, let's get into the late window games, starting with the Tennessee Titans taking on the Texans, the Houston Texans in Tennessee. The Titans are two-point favorites. The over-under is 40-and-a-half points. Uh, Ryan Tannehill dealing with an ankle sprain from last week. Uh, but at this point, it's really just Derrick Henry, right, that you can start for the Tennessee set. It's been the way it has been all year. Um, I just want to throw in there just to throw you a little curveball, see if you go with it. <laughs> I'll just say it. Who really fucking cares? It's all about <laughs> Derrick Henry and uh, Robert Woods. If you really want to throw that dart throw, you're a risky man, and um, good luck to you. On the other side of the ball, it's pretty much Damian Harris, but we do need to talk about Brandon Cooks. The Titans Pierce? are giving up the third most points to wide receivers this season. Do you mean and Pierce? What did I say? You said Harris. Damian Pierce. Uh, <laughs> I think he's a start, Wait. but... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody else on this team? Brandon Cooks, right? Supposed to be Mr. Consistent. Yeah. Uh, it's well, been... he's just starting because Keenan Allen's out. That's the only reason I'm putting him in. Been pretty <laughs> underwhelming <laughs> as you get the in- input from uh, Juice Stain over there, the guest speaker. What do you guys think about uh, Brandon Cooks? Is he startable? You know, I think he's a decent little flex this week. I know he's been super inconsistent this year, has had like one good game. Which is not what we're, you know, not the norm for him. But the Titans give up a ton of points to receivers, the third most in the season. They've even let Matt Ryan and Carson Wentz tear him up this year so far for a tune of over 350 yards each of them. So I would think that Davis Mills should be able to, you know, at least come close to replicating that. And if that's the case, then Brandon Cooks has got to get his. Cooks going to get targets. Cooks has to get targets. Jake. I would personally fade him. Yeah, um, his targets were nice earlier in the year, but at this point he's averaging about six targets a game, and his yards per catch is pretty horrid. It's around like eight yards per catch. So Mr. Consistent, and we all like him on this show, but it, it's not the same this year. I'm not really sure what's going on. Maybe it's the emergence of Damian Pierce, but I, I'm not touching Brandon Cooks right now. Last year he didn't see or last week he didn't see All right. Um... And that's pretty much it for that matchup, right? Uh, Giants taking on the Seahawks in Seattle. The Seahawks are three-point favorites. The over-under is 45 points. On the uh, Giants' side of the ball, Daniel Jones. He's the QB 10 so far this season. What a waiver. I mean, pick his ass up, dude. He has throwing that ball. He has value on the ground with his rushing ability. Uh, he's averaging 50 yards per game in the rushing uh, category. 
the Seahawks have been better than we expected, but um, at this point still is Danny Dimes a nice little streaming option at the quarterback position? I would say he might be. You know, this week, if you have Justin Herber or Patrick Mahomes, that means you're looking for a quarterback to stream, which means you might be looking at somebody like Daniel Jones. And he's always had that rushing upside. We talked about it for a long time, and it's really coming to fruition this year. But he hasn't had that many good games. He's only had two games where he would he would be in the top 12, and that would be week four and week seven. So it's really a dart throw at this point, but if you have Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen, it's not a bad person to throw in your lineup. Yeah, it's an interesting little stream. Honestly, I was shocked when I saw that he was QB 10 on the season. I couldn't believe it because I feel like up until week seven, I didn't even hear them really talk about Danny Dimes. Um, probably a good thing because he was so turnover prone you know, earlier in his career. So, I mean, a decent stream. The Seahawks gave up a ton of points, even though their defense has been slightly better the last few weeks. So I think with the, you know, the rushing upside that he that he gives you, um, you know, and throwing a, a touchdown or two with the week on it. I mean, it's a decent stream. You could probably see him getting a solid, you know, 16, 17 point finish with a ceiling of higher than that if uh, the Seahawks can't lock him down. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, obviously, Saquon is a start on the Giants' side. On the other side of the football, the Seahawks, DK Metcalf diagnosed with a patellar tendon injury, but it was not a rupture, so he will not need surgery. Um, It's looking pretty likely that he will not play this week. (laughs) Not at all. So obviously yeah. Kenneth Walker is a start, but what are we doing with the receiving options in Seattle? Tyler Lockett, Marquise Goodwin. Marquise. <laughs> yeah, we, we talked about this uh, quite a bit on our waiver wire episode. DK Metcalf probably uh, assumed to miss a few weeks at this point. They haven't really came out and said that, but that patellar tendon injury is probably going to affect him. So at least one, he's definitely not going to play this week. Maybe not even next week, and. When he was out, Marquise Goodwin filled in pretty well. Had two touchdowns on, I think, four catches, something like that. And Tyler Lockett is still nursing an injury that he's been missing practice from. He did play last week, but he's still you know, missing practices because of that injury. And I, I think Marquise Goodwin is a good person to add to your team. But we are from the Northwest. I listen to the local radio all the time. And they were talking about the rookie. I can't remember his name. Tyler, you might uh, know yeah. this guy's name. Uh, yeah, no, a rookie wide uh, receiver. No. no, yeah, Eskridge has been there. No, they're talking about Dariq Young. Um, he's a seventh round pick. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. you know, ha- has a similar build to DK. He's 6'2, 224. Um, I know that, you know, coming out of the combine and whatnot, um, he was really, really fast. So he could step up. I still would think that it's going to be, uh, Marky's good one, though, because, I mean, Young has barely played this season, even with after DK went down. Uh, Young still only got a few, got 17 snaps, which is his season high. So I wouldn't expect Young to do anything. I think Goodwin's a decent little ad. Could be a you know sneaky flex play. Um, in some weeks, it's hard to find the right matchup for him. Um, but I think what you will see is a major uh, uptick of targets for Tyler Lockett. I think you're going to see uh, Gino kind of start to force feed him the ball a little bit. I'm glad you agree with me. I like Marquise Goodwin uh, while DK's out. 
But it is a risky play. But Marquis Goodwin, he was owned in 0% of leagues. If he didn't get picked up on your waiver wires, he's probably still available. Yeah, uh, I would agree with you on the Goodwin take. I think he's flex-worthy uh, in certain situations. Uh, Commanders taking on the Colts. The Indianapolis Colts are three-point favorites. The over-under is 40 points. Um, weak. Yeah, pretty weak. Uh, but on the commander side of the, the ball, there was some some concern with Tyler Henneke taking over the realm there in uh whoa, whoa. Washington. Taylor. He's not he's not one of the Tyler's crew right now. Get out of here. It's Taylor <laughs> nice Heineke. Tyler. <laughs> not deserving of the Tyler. Either way, ketchup and mustard. Um, Brian Robinson, Terry, Scary, McLaurin, Curtis Samuel, all were pretty productive last week. What about all three of those guys this week, though? Are they all startable? I mean, I think so. I think, honestly, they've been... I mean, obviously, Brian Robinson only played a couple weeks, but for the most part, they've been, you know, startable players uh, all season. You get a little more up and down from from Scary Terry, but Curtis Samuel has been pretty consistent with his target share. So, and I think against the Colts, who their defense, even though they're they are pretty good against wide receivers, um, overall their defense isn't great. So, I think you can, you know, reasonably start all three of them. I mostly agree. Brian Robinson is definitely a must start, but you know this Colts defense is allowing a hundred yards a game to receivers. So it's kind of like uh, choose one and hope that they're the guy who scores a touchdown or gets the majority of targets. And I, I'm with Tyler. I would rather have, um, instead of going with Scary Cherry, I'd rather have Curtis Samuel if I'm rolling the dice. Yeah, uh, Jahan Dotson not going to be playing, unlikely, with a hamstring. So that uh, frees up targets in the uh, passing game for Terry and Curtis. So I think both of them, as you said, could be started. Um, on the other side of the ball, Sam Hellinger is the starting quarterback now for the Indianapolis Colts. Matt Ryan is on the bench. So what do we, <laughs> what do, we do with these uh, options in the Colts? Obviously, John Jonathan Taylor is a starting running back no matter what um michael pittman you're probably starting no matter what even with the essentially rookie quarterback um but what about the rest are are anyone else on this colts offense worth starting we talked about this on our waiver wire episode a little bit uh i think michael pittman is a must start like you said jonathan taylor is no question he's a must start and Alec Pierce has been the darling of the last like four or five weeks on the Colts offense as far as like us expecting him to really do something. But Paris Campbell seems to be the guy, in my opinion, who's going to really benefit from Sam Ellinger being quarterback and Matt Ryan being benched. You know, he has 22 targets in the last two weeks, 17 catches, two touchdowns. He's bigger. Um, well, he's not bigger than Alec Pierce, but he seems to have a... Yeah. Uh, a route tree or a, a skill set that would favor someone like Sam Ellinger. Mm-hmm. So I'd rather have Paris Campbell moving forward over Alec Pierce. Uh, 
Um, honestly, that's an interesting take. I don't yeah. think I would do the same in terms of putting Campbell over Pierce, but it's an interesting take, and I'm not saying that it can't happen. It certainly can. Um, the way I see these guys kind of going, obviously, I think it's a major value uptick for Jonathan Taylor. I think they're going to rely on his legs um, a little bit more. Sam Ellinger out the you know back there. Plus, you could see a new wrinkle in this offense that Ellinger is a very good runner himself, so you could see some read option stuff being thrown into this, which you know it changes what the defense yeah. can give you. So I'm interested to see what that is. Um, I do yeah. think though you will see. You, I would still think you need to start Michael Pittman, but I do think he's going to kind of be trending down for the rest of the season um, unless Ellinger comes in and completely blows it up. That which I'm not obviously expecting. Yeah, a lot more running. Yeah. I totally agree with Michael Pittman. I'm kind of disappointed because, you know, he needs a good quarterback throwing the ball. And if you have a running quarterback under center, it's really going to affect what's going on with him. And I was so high on him this year. But, yeah, you, you said it perfectly. For the rest of the year, it's definitely going to be um, expected Matt less Ryan from Michael bed. Pittman. He done shit the bed real good. All right. Uh, <laughs> 49ers taking on the Rams. In San Francisco, uh, the 49ers are one-and-a-half point favorites. The over-under is 43-and-a-half. Christian McCaffrey, obviously the big ad in San Francisco. He did not play that much in last uh, week's game, but obviously he had just been on the team for a couple days. Should have an increased workload uh, this week, if not a full workload. Obviously, uh, Christian McCaffrey is an automatic start. Uh, but what about the rest of this offense? Debo, uh, Samuel, George Kittle, Brandon Ayuk. Who's starting? Who's not? Well, I mean, a lot of that depends on the health of Debo Samuel. Um, he's missed practice all week so far with a hamstring injury. Uh, it looks like he's probably going to be a game time decision. Um, I mean, if Debo's in office, you're going to play him. You have to, but if he's out, I mean, you're going to see a major, major uptick in, in value for, for Brandon. Ayuk. Ayuk. Um, he's going to basically take over that role for Debo. So I think that Ayuk is a must start. If Debo is out. Yeah, I'm with you. And, and to drive home that Christian McCaffrey take, you know, it was his first week with the 49ers, and even though he only played 28% of snaps, he still had 10 touches. So it's pretty obvious from this point on that Christian McCaffrey is taking over that backfield. It's his backfield from this point on. All right. On the other side of the ball, obviously the Rams, Cooper Cup is a must start, but uh, what about the backfield? Daryl Henderson was out with an illness yeah, on Wednesday, him, but did practice on Thursday. It sounds like he's probably going to be playing. Is Daryl Henderson worth starting? And then what about Allen Robinson and the tight end, Tyler Higby? <laughs> hey, uh, we'll get to Tyler Higby here in a bit. Um, Daryl Henderson, I mean, you think, feel like he should be a must start because he should be the bell cow back there right now. Um, I know you got Kyron Williams kind of waiting in the wing. We'll see how much of, how much usage he gets this week. It, I'm interested to see that kind of dynamic. Uh, but I mean, right now the San Francisco defense is really good. Uh, they've been good all season. They're especially good against running backs. They only give up 15 points a game. So um, I think you can throw Daryl Henderson into your flex. 
but I mean, it's a it's a tough outing for him. Um, you know, in his first game as being the bell cow this season. Personally, I'm avoiding Daryl Henderson at all costs. Oh, yeah! Tyler Higby, um, boy, Ty- aka Tyler Higby. You know, uh, <laughs> he's definitely worth being started <laughs> at tight end. Uh, Juice, keep it down a little bit, but yeah. <laughs> So uh, we talked about this in the wave wire episode, though, uh, with Daryl Henderson, really just the Rams backfield. If Kyron Williams is available in your league, he's coming back, um, I believe, off the IR or something like that pretty soon. And yeah! no one no one's been able to do anything in this backfield so far. So if Kyron Williams comes back and he is looking good, that's someone you do want to have on your roster because uh, no one's taken over this backfield. Cam Akers has basically disappeared. Daryl Henderson yeah. is not doing anything. And if Kyron Williams manages to come in as a rookie running back and does well, it, you would feel very good about picking him up right now and just stashing him. He's about two weeks out from coming back, but if you can't pick him up, put him on your roster. Thank you. <laughs> All right. I think that's uh, that's it for that matchup. Um, Alan Robinson probably uh, benching for now. See what happens. Yeah, he's not the white color. He's not going to get the ball. So <laughs> <laughs> He did uh, the week before the bye week, scored a touchdown. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, he's back. I was just throwing some off-color jokes out, uh, hey. literally. <laughs> yeah. uh, Sunday night football, the Packers are taking on the Bills. The Bills are 11.5-point favorites <laughs> against the Packers. Uh, over under is forty seven and a half points. Yeah, um, <laughs> Alan Lazard missed practice on Wednesday, shoulder injury. The uh, floor, the head coach said he's unsure if Lazard will miss the game or maybe multiple games. So it sounds like he's probably not going to play, or at least in serious question. Christian Watson. And Sammy Watkins, both questionable with hamstring injuries. Romeo Dobbs, Goose Egg last week. Are any of the receivers on the Packers side worth starting in this matchup against the Bills? Why don't you answer your own question, honestly? Because you watch the Packers games, at least all of them. My gut would be Romeo Dobbs, Dobbs, whatever, is going to be the guy that you want to start on this offense receiving-wise. But at the same time, the Bills are absolutely going to blow the Packers out. They're probably going to win by 20-plus points. Yeah, no. Um, I'm not starting anyone on the Packers offense outside of Aaron Jones. And uh, and that's just what it is right now. It's been anemic. They had 10 drops in the last two weeks. Why does receivers can't catch the ball. Aaron Rodgers hasn't been playing great. Offensive line has been terrible. You can't play anyone in this fault. offense besides Aaron Jones. It's no, it's nobody's fault either. Nobody's Did I hear that right? Ten drops in two weeks? Two, yeah, yeah, it's it bad. Yes, sir. Nobody's fault. Nobody will fess up to it. <laughs> well, Aaron Rodgers was on tape. I heard it on the radio because I'm an old man on the way to work. And uh, it basically <laughs> just shit on, shit on his team, basically. It's like, oh, we just got to yeah. be better. Mistakes are being made 20% of the time. It needs to be less than 10%. Back yeah, in the day, it was less than 10%. Fault, 
So yeah, I mean it's it's been rough for him this year. Aaron Rodgers, he is being more inaccurate this season than he has been in the past. But the drops by the receivers are not helping the situation in any way. I mean, ten drops in two games. Like you have teams that barely yeah. hit that number over the course of like a season. I mean, yeah. ten drops. Like that's insane, man. Yep, it is insane. And uh, this is not the week to take a risk and start Packers weapons. Against the Bills, it's been pretty obvious that uh, it's been pretty bad. So I wouldn't start anybody besides Aaron Jones. Uh, the rest of the team, including AJ Dillon, needs to be benched. Uh, on the other side of the ball, obviously Josh Allen. You're starting Gabe Davis. Yeah, I mean, and Isaiah McKenzie. I mean, Gabe Davis. He's a big play waiting to happen every week. So obviously that means that sometimes his floor can be really low, but you know, there's this offense is too good. He's too explosive to not have him in your lineup. So there's that way. The biggest thing is McKenzie, like, can we start a new streak for these uh, Buffalo Bills bench or slot receivers? Because they had like a f- game of like five straight weeks or six straight weeks of catching a touchdown between him and Khalil Shakur. And that ended in the, in their last game. So do we think that that bounces back and we see McKenzie back in the end zone this week? I, my gut feeling would be no, but who really knows with this powerful offense? And just to touch on Gabe Davis a little bit, he's j- literally the definition of boomer bust. You know, he's going to get you 20 points or he's going to get you five points. So if you have a good fantasy team, I'd have no problem throwing him in my lineup. But if you yeah. have a team that's kind of struggling um, and you have more consistent receivers, I would avoid him. And with that being said, I have a couple of shitty teams out of the seven leagues that I'm in, and I'm throwing Gabe Davis in there just hoping for a goddamn <laughs> miracle. Well, he's talented enough to give you one, so. Oh, he definitely is. Yeah, I'm just hoping for you know one of those games where he has two touchdowns on four catches for 100 yards, which he's, def- which he's, which he's definitely capable of. Yeah, um... I, I think I'm starting Gabe Davis, and I would bench McKenzie for now. Um, the Bills have been splitting reps in that third receiver slot option role, and um, it's just not guaranteed. You're almost banking on him getting a touchdown, and who knows if that's actually going to happen. So I would wait and, and hold off, unless you're in the deepest of leagues. Because he does have a chance of scoring a touchdown, but but <laughs> moving on to the Monday night football game, the Bengals taking on the Browns. The Bengals are three and a half point favorites. Over under forty seven points uh, on the Bengals side of the ball. Jamar Chase out for four to six weeks with a hip injury. He did visit a specialist on Wednesday, and the team is likely to place him on AR or IR. That is, uh, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, obviously benefit greatly <laughs> in fantasy uh, with Jamar Chase being out. <laughs> so obviously, I think those two guys are must starts. What about Hayden Hurst, the tight end? I think it's kind of obvious that it will add to his value with Jamar Chase being out. He's the obvious favorite in that offense. Him and uh, Burrow's chemistry goes way back. 
So with you know Chase being out four to six weeks, it'll be interesting to see what happens. In my opinion, Hayden Hurst's value might jump up a little bit, but it's not someone I'm really looking at. It's all about T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd at this point. And if I'm being honest, Joe Mixon. You're going to start running the ball a little bit more is what I would assume. What do you think, Ty? Yeah, I would. I feel like Hayden's actually going to get a decent boost. I don't think it's going to be a small one, only because, like, if you see the backup wide receivers that the Bengals have, like, you've never heard of them. Like, in all honesty, like, it's Mike Thomas, Stanley Morgan, and Trent Taylor. I mean, Stanley Morgan, isn't that like a debt collector or something? I thought it was like a carpet cleaner. (laughs) I don't know. I I think they have like voicemails on my phone right now. They're trying to collect some debts. (laughs) Yeah, it could be. So, like, I mean, as much as like the Bengals like to use wide, you know, three wide receiver sets, I just can't see that happening. Like, one of these guys will probably step up a little bit, but I think Hayden Hurst actually ends up being a pretty big benefactor of this. It would be nice because the tight end landscape is so trash. I would love to see a tight end get more looks, especially for four to six weeks. If he does get more looks and he is consistent looks, this is someone that could really help you get to the playoffs because it's a high-powered offense. Joe Burrow is more than capable. So I'm with you. Um, I mean, Hayden Hurst, what, what is his uh, like? What is his percentage right now as far as like being rostered? Do we know off top right now? Uh, 68%. 68%. So there's a pretty small chance you can pick him up in your leagues. And if you do have him, definitely worth holding on to. I'm all about that. For sure. Alrighty. Well, that'll do it for the matchups. So let's get into our starts of the week for each key position. Uh, who wants to start off at quarterback? Me first, me first. Go for Colin. it. <laughs> it's, uh, dibs, it's dibs. A, yep, it's a diversity thing. Let the brown guy go first. So, <laughs> um, so we'll start with quarterback, obviously. My quarterback start of the week is going to be Tua. Tunga Vailoa. I probably said that wrong. Versus the Lions. And he, he was picking up steam before his concussion. And all, you know, if you haven't been watching football, there's or if you have been watching football, there's nobody you haven't seen what's been going on with two of the last couple of weeks. But when he did when he did come back last week versus Pittsburgh, he looked pretty good. He had 16 fantasy points, pretty solid showing, which I would say was probably around his floor. And this week he is playing Detroit, very leaky defense. Even though they've you know technically held quarterbacks to low points in the past couple of weeks, but it's um. I would say that's more of a game uh, game script type of thing because they haven't been winning those games. And I think Tua, with his speedy receivers, they should be able to pick apart this defense. So I like Tua this week against the Lions. Yeah, I mean, it's a that's a bit of a dicey play only because they give up so many yards on the ground, and that's why like no one, no quarterbacks are scoring a lot of points against them. But, you know, that offense is super explosive, so you can absolutely see that Tua has the – you know, the ability of doing that. Um, well, that's kind of what I'm said, saying, though. Yeah. It's a, it's a game script thing because, like, they're already losing the game. Yeah. Yeah. Or they're so, already, I mean, it it yeah. could happen. And honestly, what you need to have, have happen is that the Detroit offense gets, you know, rolling again um, to make it more of a shootout because when that was happening, you had guys like Geno putting up almost 40 points a game against them. So um, if you get a shootout, two is going to have a major day. Yes, sir. And he will. You'll see. 
<laughs> I'm coming okay. back. All right, I'm going to go. My guy's extremely dicey, honestly. I'm going going with a guy making his first career start in Sam Ellinger. Um, I don't know what it is. I like this Ooh. guy's tape. I like the fact that he can run the ball really well. I think he's just going to provide a major spark to this offense and just give them something that they are missing. Um, obviously, his ability to run the ball is going to increase his floor. Um, and it helps that he's playing such a leaky defense in the commander. So um, I'm liking Sam Ellinger this week. I like that pick, honestly. I like how you're just kind of stepping out there. And for the listeners, um, right now, we're going to get to, you know, oh, pretty soon, we're going to get to Tyler's running back pick of the week. Tyler has not missed all year. Big Irby Urbach on his running back picks. You know, he <laughs> is literally 100%. So. I believe in you, Tyler. And I, and I, I think he'll continue to be 100%. But anyways, you know, there's a little, little segue there. Jimbo, who's your quarterback? Who's your start of the week for quarterback? Quarterback, I like to go with uh, streaming options. Someone that, you know, obviously isn't rostered in everyone's league. And uh, I'm going with the quarterback that's playing the defense that's giving up the most points per game to the position. And that is Geno Smith playing the New York Giants uh, this week. Geno has surprised us all been playing well and i think he is a nice streaming option if not one of the best against the new york giants if Who you're looking you, for a streaming option where did you see their game of those points they're only giving up 15 points a game oh very tell. it was in a fairy tale story it is the raiders are giving up the most points to quarterback <laughs> hey you just bite your fucking tongue man <laughs> Hold on, I want to see what James saw this stat. story before bedtime that he read it. It was all upon his brain. Yeah, the, the, <laughs> the, the Giants haven't allowed someone to get more than 260 yards all year, besides Trevor Lawrence last week. All right, well, they're doing it yeah, this week. Trevor Lawrence had <laughs> <laughs> All right, Trevor James is going to continue to roll the dice. I like it. He said it. He's sticking right. to it. All right, he's sticking to his guns. I rolled them dice, so um, I'll talk about talk about my running back start of the week. It's going to be Ramondre Stevenson playing in New Jersey, apparently, against the Jets. Tyler put me on some game last week. I don't care. He's playing in the Northeast, same area, against the Jets. And um, Ramondre Stevenson, he's been dominating the New England Patriots backfield the past few weeks. Even when Damian Harris came back from injury, he still dominated the backfield. So I think uh, he's going to be a great start this week. He's becoming more involved in the passing game. I think he had close to eight targets last week. Damian Harris, on the other hand, the other running back that he's competing with, gets basically no work in the passing game. So it seems to be Ramondre Stevenson's backfield at this point. And I'll be honest, the Jets are pretty good against the run, but Ramondre Stevenson has a pretty high share in this backfield, so I'm going to roll with him until they figure out their passing game because they have to roll with what works. (laughs) And what's working for the Patriots is their running game. So Ramondre Stevenson against the Jets, that's who I'm rolling with. He's been hot. He's been really hot, so I think he can keep it going. 
Uh, my star of the week, and thanks for putting the pressure on me here, Trey, saying that I've been six for six on the season. Uh, honestly, I didn't even realize that until you gave us those stats uh, like earlier this week, and now I'm feeling the pressure to keep it going. So we'll see see if I can do that for you. But this week, I'm going with another hot hand. I'm going with Josh Jacobs. Um, yeah! <laughs> <laughs> uh, I know, I know the Saints. Uh, they're the best part of their defense is against the run. You know, they do the best job of holding running backs uh, to less than than uh, twenty points a game. They're only averaging about nineteen total. Um, but you can run on them. The teams that have done had the best ability of running the ball against them, guys like Christian McCaffrey, you saw the Seahawks do it. Um yeah. are guys that they are teams that just committed themselves to running the ball. When though when guys get at least twenty carries against the Saints, they Saints they tend to start to collapse towards the end of the game. So this week, because Josh Jacobs and the Raiders seem to have found a way of making this work. Josh Jacob is going to get his carries. He's going to get a minimum of 20. I'm thinking something closer to 25. When that happens, the Saints crumble, and Josh Jacobs will be an RB1 again this week. Yeah, I'm totally with that. I said a couple of weeks ago, man, if the Raiders want to win ball games, they got to run it with Josh Jacobs. And what do you know? He has three consecutive games of 140-plus yards. First Raider in history to do that. Oh! We're, talking about, we're talking about Bo Jackson. Marcus oh, Allen, like he's the first one to ever do it. So I- I'm totally with you. I think that's a home run. That was going to be my running back start of the week until I saw you already claimed him. So I'm all Thank about that. <laughs> yeah, he was my running back start of the week last week where he was the RB1 overall. Pretty yep. sick pick. Uh, this week I'm going with someone who might not be an automatic start. For your lineup, but Mostert, Raheem Mostert versus the Detroit Lions, playing the third worst defense against running backs. He has taken a hold of this backfield. He is the starting running back. And that's why I'm going with Raheem Mostert <laughs> as my running back start of the week against the Detroit so, Lions. Sometimes He's it's that simple, Lions. man. Yeah, sometimes it's really that simple. So I love it. Very, very simple. And honestly, I can see that. I, I'll fuck with him this week. My wide receiver start of the week is going to be DJ Moore versus the Atlanta Falcons. I'm taking risks out here, baby. Taking risks. So, obviously, DJ Moore has been struggling really the last couple seasons, especially this season. But last week was a change of pace, and that's because everything around him has changed. You know, new coach, new quarterback. No Robbie Anderson since he was traded to the Cardinals. And DJ Moore had 10 targets, 7 catches, 69 yards, and a touchdown in his first week with this whole new setup. And to add on top of all that kind of, you know, all those interesting things, the Falcons are horrible against receivers. They're giving up over 200 yards and over 1.5 touchdowns per game to receivers. And there's really not any uh, anyone else that's competing with him in this receiving core. And it seems like P.J. Walker really does like himself some D.J. Moore. So I think D.J. Moore is a really good option for you this week. I mean, honestly, I like that some of these picks are, going, are getting a little dicey this week because D.J. Moore, you know, he's been terrible all season except for last week. Hopefully he, you know, can keep this little streak he has going. Uh, P.J. Walker's, you know, could be a big deal. 
Yeah, I, I think he has a good chance to do good. It, the whole it, new quarterback, new new head coach, no Robbie Anderson to compete with. It's it, it really is a whole new landscape in Carolina right now. And sure enough, he had a good week in that new landscape. So I, I fuck with DJ more this week. Get it. All right. Uh I am going oh. to go with uh Devontae Smith against the Steelers. <laughs> I wanted to go with A.J. Brown, but it seemed a little too chalky. So I was like, let me go with his running mate here. Um, the Steelers, are their defense is just kind of bad in general against every position. They all they give up points everywhere, but they give up the second most points uh, in the league to wide receivers. Devontae Smith, even though he was a little up and down at the very beginning of the season, uh, has had a minimum of 12 points in the last four games. So I think he's just in line to have one of those breakout weeks this week. And I think he's going to finish as an art, as a wide receiver, you know, number one type of type of game god i really hope so because there's a couple leagues where i'm relying on devonta smith this week Jim Reaper. Jim, right. who's your uh, wide receiver start of the week for my wide receiver side of the week i'm going on the other side Damn. of the football in the same game that i chose my running back i'm going on the other side of the football with amon ross st brown Against the Miami Dolphins, I think he's fully healthy. Do not be scared to start Amon Ra after Swift is back. Swift is back, and that doesn't matter. That's actually a benefit to Amon Ra St. Brown playing against the Miami Dolphins, who are the third worst against the wide receiver position in fantasy football, giving up the third most points to the position. I'm starting Amon Ra everywhere I got him. And you should too. Honestly, I think that's a pretty good pick. He is coming out of concussion protocol, which is sounds bad, but it's not the worst of things to be coming out of NFL wise. It's not like he has a knee injury or a shoulder injury or anything like that. And before he got injured, you know, at least nine targets a game. And I, I believe he was like a top five wide receiver before he got injured in week three. Yes, sir. Yay, yay. So, moving on, my tight end start of the week is going to be Pat Fryermuth. I like to moose it, moose it. Why don't you moose it, moose it? I like to moose like it, moose it, moose it. it. Yeah. So, I was in on him since day one. Since he was yeah, in so, <laughs> Pat Fryermuth against the Eagles. He places a, He p- faces a pretty good Philadelphia defense this week, if we're being honest. And the only reason I really like him is because he was seeing solid use before his injury, averaging almost eight targets a game when he was healthy. And last week when he came back, he had nine targets, eight catches, 75 yards. I see them playing from behind in this game against the Eagles. So the game script should be pretty uh, favoring for him as far as getting more targets and things like that. And I would not be surprised if he had a similar line this week as far as nine targets, eight catches, 75 yards, which definitely puts him in the top 12 for tight ends. Absolutely. I mean, we, we've we all been on the, you know, Friar Muth train for, since the, you know, halfway through last season, if not earlier than that. No, so. just me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that, right. that, that train has been moothing for sure. <laughs> it's been moothing. Um, all right. So I'm going to go... <laughs> Kind of like James's pick, like his running back Raheem Mostert's playing the playing the Lions. My tight end Irv Smith is playing the Cardinals. 
Uh, it doesn't really seem to matter what tight end it is, what his caliber is, where he was drafted at, undrafted, doesn't matter. Everyone who's playing the Cardinals has a good game against them. They just allowed Jawan Johnson, of all people, to have 17 points. Jawan Johnson just had 17 points against them last week. They gave up the second most points to the position, the most catches, the second most yards, the most touchdowns. It's just a great matchup for Irv Smith to take advantage of. I think he's going to this week. Uh, He's available in a lot of leagues, too. Yeah, he's a great streaming option this week. Uh, I mean, there's no reason that if you have a guy on by or just not happy with it, Ur Smith should have a very good game. Oh, I fuck with that. I, I, I need to tie it in a couple leagues, so I'm going to be looking at Irv Smith. Jason Hill is going to get 40, dude. Watch this on every point. So, Jimbo, who's going to be your tight end start of the week? This one, I have to bench. <laughs> so, because I traded him Dawson Knox for who the fuck I just forgot. Uh, Deontay Foreman and Palmer, I'm going to have to start Taysom Hill. Which at That's a good start back, if anyone who's listening can actually end, hear. Like a good matchup, but at quarterback, you know, I mean, that's a good start. Yeah, no. All right, that's uh, Juice's tight end start of the week. <laughs> the guy who sometimes plays running back. I'm uh, I'm going with another streaming option at tight end, Hayden Hurst. Yes, that's right. Hayden Hurst, the Cincinnati Bengals tight end. Um, again, I don't like to pick super obvious guys, guys that might be available on your waiver wire for tight end and quarterback. He's playing the third worst defense against tight ends uh, versus Tennessee or versus Cleveland. And this offense has been taking fire in the passing game. They've obviously let Joe Burrow let it loose. And uh, Jamar Chase probably going to be out this game for sure. Four to six weeks at least. Uh, So that opens up a lot of uh, vacated, vacated targets. So, yeah, I'm going with uh, Hayden Hurst as a nice streaming option this week at tight end. Yeah, hopefully that doesn't hurt you in the end of the day. But, uh, I, I can mess with that. I can mess with that. <laughs> so, yeah, um, just to cap off our starts of the week, I will do my defensive starts of the week, a.k.a. my defenses of the week. And I only got two for you this week. It's, it's a rough week to really do them, I'll be honest. So the two defenses I got this week that I want to put my name on that are obvious defenses that are rostered in 70-plus percent of leagues um, is going to be the Jaguars versus the Broncos. I don't care whether it's Russell Wilson or it's Brett Rippon. It really doesn't matter to me. Start that defense. You're going to do pretty good against them. They're dealing with a depleted um, backfield. Mike Boone just went on IR. I know Latavius Murray's coming on. Melvin Gordon's been struggling. Jaguars are looking good. Yes, the Denver Broncos. Marlon Mack, correct? He's being brought on. No. Uh, Marlon Mack is there, but he's not being brought on. I'll yeah. guarantee you that. And All I heard was Marlon. <laughs> so, I got excited. We're not fishing right now. I don't hear nothing about Marlon. So <laughs> let's talk about 
Uh, so, yeah, I like the Jags against the Broncos. And the other defense I like this week is the Carolina Panthers against the Falcons. The Falcons are an interesting offense, but they struggle to put up numbers in general. They don't throw the ball very much. They throw the ball the least amount in the league. And I do love Marcus Mariota. I've been saying it all year. I'm slowly fading off of him. But the Panthers, they're also coming off of one of the biggest upsets of the year where they held the Buccaneers to three points. So I think the Panthers are feeling good about themselves, and they have a good position this week to really repeat themselves and play against the Falcons. So, yep, I like the Carolina Panthers against the Falcons. And those are my defensive starts of the week. Jaguars and Panthers. Hell well, yeah. Jaguars and Panthers. Jaguars and Panthers, baby. Let's get it. Uh, add them to your defensive slots. If you haven't already, check us out on Twitter at the FF Fathers. And uh, make sure you join us next week for waiver wire editions as we move closer and closer to the playoffs. They become more and more crucial. So have a beer with us and join us next Tuesday for the waiver wire episode. Appreciate y'all listening uh, again at the FF fathers on Twitter, like subscribe, hit us with a rating and we will catch you all next week. Five stars love only. You guys, man. And love you guys. Goodbye.